This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Praise God. Matthew chapter number two. Uh, Matthew's gospel uh, chapter number two. Uh, You can turn there with me uh, in your Bibles. Uh, How many of you this morning have ever read or had someone read to you one of Dr. Seuss's books. Dr. Seuss, uh, Green Eggs and Ham, uh, uh, The Cat and the Hat, uh, numbers of various books, uh, children's books that he wrote. He also uh, illustrated them, the animation of that. Uh, His name is actually Theodore Seuss, uh, Gisele, uh, he is the author of these books, and uh, one of uh, his uh, uh, well-known uh, books and characters uh, was actually uh, what we now know as the Grinch, and uh, uh, this is uh, something that uh, has taken, uh, for the last few years, I think several uh, people have, um, uh, you know, made movies about this on and on. Uh, I uh, remember the song, You're a Mean One, uh, Mr. Grinch, you know, the the songs and all of that that um, uh, goes around this uh, green character who has uh, the face like a cat and a, a body, a big pot belly. Uh, you may or may not have uh, seen this character, but in this character... Uh, highlights an anti-Christmas spirit or one whose heart is two sizes too small, okay, Uh, who has um, the heart of coal and wants to uh, remove the joy of Christmas from, uh, what is it, the who's or something like that, Um, and uh, and this uh, village down below that wants to celebrate, and uh, this uh, villain of a creature by the name of the Grinch seeks to rob them of Christmas. But the interesting thing about the Grinch is how close he coincides with his author or Theodore Seuss-Gissel. I believe the Grinch at the time was given the age of 53 years old. That's the character. And the author was 53 years old. Uh, One article that I was reading says, when the beloved writer and illustrator of more than 60 books, Theodore Cassell, who brought to life the grumpy Mount Crumpet resident with a heart two sizes too small in his 1957 classic, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, he didn't have to look far for inspiration. Quote, I was brushing my teeth on the morning of the 26th of December when I noted a very Grinchish countenance in the mirror. It was Seuss. This was the author. Said Gazelle in 1957 in an interview with Red Book. Something had gone wrong with Christmas, I realized, or more likely with me. 
So I wrote the story about my sour friend, the Grinch, to see if I could rediscover something about Christmas that I obviously lost. His stepdaughter, Lark Diamond Cates, recalled during a 2000 speech in honor of the U.S. Postal Service unveiling a Dr. Seuss stamp. She says, I always thought the cat in the hat was Ted on his good days, the author. And the Grinch was Ted on his bad days. And so I found that to be very interesting as this man uh, is aging and a very, very successful author as uh, probably all of us have uh, read, uh, read or uh, heard of his books and his stories. We possibly even have owned uh, those books. But think for a minute, Theodore Seuss actually was animating things inside of him. And uh, what was highlighted in The Grinch was the fact uh, that there was an anti-Christmas spirit at work in his heart. And so I want to preach a message I've entitled The First Grinch, kind of to be funny, uh, but it really isn't that funny because it's actually very serious. And uh, it's a very serious strategy of the enemy today to remove the hope of Christmas. And so let's look uh, together, Matthew chapter 2, verses uh, 1 through 12. The Bible says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler... Who will be shepherd my uh, who will shepherd my people Israel? Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And when he sent uh, them to Bethlehem and said, "Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also." When they heard the king. They departed, and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them, till it came and stood over where young Jesus was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their gifts, they present, or opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed their own country another way. Father, I'm asking this morning, God, uh, your anointing upon your word, I'm asking, God, that you would speak to us today. We love you, careful to give you praise. Uh, we ask your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. The first Grinch. Let's look first this morning 
uh, at the anti-Christmas spirit or Christmas troubles. Every Christmas you probably note, and if you have a good memory, you uh, would see that I'm always bringing up illustrations of, of of how people are coming against Christmas. You read this year that one of the Christmas trees downtown was lit on fire by vandals. They tried to destroy the Christmas tree. And so obviously we see things, you know, on the external where people don't want Christmas. They don't want people celebrating. They don't, you know, and they'll attack the trees. They'll attack this and attack that. But far beyond an external attack against against Christmas trees. How many understand there is a spiritual attack? And this attack is deeper than trying to remove presents and remove Christmas and remove this and remove that. Uh, As far as I can remember from my earliest memories, there has been an anti-Christmas spirit that often does manifest around this time of year. A very real strategy that traces all the way back to the story that I read you today about Herod. I call him the first Grinch. Okay? And he's more than just a, you know, a green, you know, fictional character. Herod was a real man who hated Christ. Who hated Christmas. Who hated uh, the fact that a Savior would be born. Who had been prophesied. Who would become the hope of Israel. Who is our hope today. And Herod from the very beginning of hearing of Christ. A Messiah. Emmanuel. God is with us. Shall be born and immediately began to conspire to erase this hope. See, the anti-Christmas spirit is true. It's truly a heart issue. This can happen to leaders. This can happen to Christians. Christians can develop an anti-Christmas spirit. And I'm not talking about decorations. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the hope of Christmas, which is Jesus Christ. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled. What's the trouble about? You know, uh, well, Herod was threatened. He felt threatened by the fact that people could have a hope. You know, We're living again in a similar time where people are losing hope. Where the joy of Christmas is not there. Can I tell you presents, Christmas trees, uh, you know, festivities do not replace what the joy of Christmas is. And so when Christmas to you is festivities, Christmas trees and presents, you're actually going to be more depressed. Because these festivities do not and cannot replace uh, the joy of Christmas. And the joy of Christmas is the fact that Jesus Christ came to this earth. Herod's claim to his throne at the time of Jesus came by a trail of blood. He killed people to get that throne. He killed his own two sons. History records that two of his sons were killed. He killed one of his wives. This guy was a villain of all villains. Bloodshed. This man had no problem sentencing people to death 
anything and everything that was a threat to his throne that he had a solution for. It was called the sword. The anti-Christmas spirit has been working to destroy the meaning of Christmas. Uh, and again, you'll hear it all throughout this sermon. The true meaning of Christmas and the, uh, the, the, the thoughts uh, from the very beginning surround the reality that we have the hope of a Savior. And His name is Jesus Christ. You know, our world today is living in a large part without hope. Going into another Christmas season without hope. No, I was fascinated, really. I really was taken back by the research I put into finding out about this man, Theodore, Dr. Seuss. Here he is, a 53-year-old man. He's now looking at himself in the mirror the day after Christmas. You know, all the hype of Christmas is now over, the present, whatever, all the activities. People are going to have to pack up the trees and the decorations and put them all back in the attic. You know, all of that's now starting to dawn in that, you know, uh, the season is over and now I'm looking at myself in the mirror and I'm the Grinch. I don't see the joy of this anymore. I don't see the excitement of this anymore. What is this thrill about? And the truth is, can I tell you, if Christmas is only about festivities, it does get old. It becomes a task. Especially when there's no hope. You know, people enter into a Christmas season in fear, in anxiety, and depressed. People look at themselves in the mirror through the season of Christmas and say, this is a time I should be happy. This is a time I should be excited about life. This is a Christmas season. This is a, what all the hype is about. And yet they would look or we would look at ourselves in the mirror and closerly you know uh, in a closer uh, 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 comparison be like a Grinch see there's a strategy from the beginning to remove the news of hope don't allow people to hear the Savior has been born don't let people come to grips with the fact that a king has come to save the world. And I remind you this morning, the devil works overtime to remove the hope of Christmas. How many will celebrate Christmas without hope of Jesus? The desire of the enemy is to keep people in bondage. Heard in the drama last night, you know, Christmas, people getting high, getting drunk, getting loaded, uh, partying on Christmas Day, uh, and uh, trying to replace uh, what the meaning of Christmas for another reason to party. Christmas parties and illicit activities happening around the Christmas season in the name uh, of joy. See, Herod had an incredible ability to cloak his true intentions. He tells the wise men, oh, you're going to find Jesus. Please, when you find him, come and tell me so I may also come and worship him. You know, he's deceptive. He wants the wise men to give away where Jesus is born so he can come kill him. That's what he wanted to do. Herod wanted to kill Jesus and he was so good in his deception that the wise men believed him. 
Because after they found Jesus, they were going to go tell Herod, we found him. But the Bible says they were divinely warned in a dream to go home another way. You know, there's a reason they were called the wise men, because they were wise men. <laughs> okay, and here, here is a Herod. He was able to deceive the wise men. It wasn't until he, they were warned in a dream that they went another way and they were wise enough to obey. But in their initial experience with Herod, they thought Herod really was going to pay tributes to Jesus. See, here's Herod trying to be sly, trying to steal the Savior from the people. Have you ever felt the anti-Christmas spirit trying to rob you of your hope and your joy? Oh, no, Pastor, I'm the most joyful Christmas person there is on the planet. I never, I'm a, I just love Christmas. I just celebrate, and I'm just, those songs we were singing this morning about Christmas, oh, just in it. Well, it's good. What about the real strategy that tries to rob people that aren't so motivated and begin to hear the lies of the enemy and all this and all that and the deception of Herod uh, that's working to destroy the hope of Christ in you? See, the devil does indeed work his way into our homes, into our lives. He tries to get into where we live. How many of the devil wants in our home? He wants to get into where we live. He wants to remove hope. He wants to remove uh, the joy uh, and the, you know, the, the time of year. And of course, as Christians, we celebrate Christ uh, throughout the year. But uh, the point that I'm making is uh, Christmas is a great reminder that unto you a child is born. That God sent uh, His Son Jesus uh, to be the Savior of the world. Not only does the devil try to rob us of this hope and the joy that comes in knowing a Savior, but the devil ultimately wants to remove us from a foundation of hope. You know, Herod's asking, when did this star appear? Herod's asking these wise men, you know, how did you notice and what is this star about? Herod had no, he wasn't clued into this. He didn't know what was happening. He found it peculiar that these wise men were passing through his country, pursuing a king, following a star. He didn't know what they were doing. And these men, were following this star because they followed the scriptures and they knew that a king would be born. Here, this star was a reminder, a sign, the hope of a people, a king would be born. Can I tell you this morning that the enemy, Herod, wants to remove us from a foundation of hope? He wants us to stop believing. He wants us to stop having earnest expectations uh, that God is with us, that God's going to help us, uh, that God's going to meet us in our points of crisis. Jeremiah 17, 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. See, to remove us from our hopes is to leave us helpless uh, to our oppressors, to our fears, and to our bondages. 
you know, to go into a Christmas season without a secure hope in Christ uh, is to remove us from a foundation that allows us to overcome, to exceed, and to move forward, to advance. To remove our hope is to leave us oppressed by the spirit of Herod. Herod is alive today. This Herod we read, read about died. But I'm telling you, there is a very real uh, spirit of Herod that's at work today. It just wants to crush people. Just wants to leave them bound and leave them depressed. Uh, I don't care if Christmas uh, is nothing to you. I want you to feel bad and I want you to feel really bad. Because you should be feeling good, but you feel really bad. And the spirit of Herod just wants to crush people's hope. I promise you this is happening. This is happening in our city. This is happening to people right now. As they're driving through town, they're seeing Christmas trees. They go into the mall. They see this. They hear the Christmas music. Uh, and all of these festivities are happening. Uh, and they're, wow, you know, I should be happy. I should be excited. But inside, there is a deep, deep, deep despair. The Bible says that even the chief priests and the scribes were troubled when they heard of Jesus. These were the men that were supposed to be looking for him. <laughs> These were the religious crowd of the day and hour that should be able to identify. And they also had no clue. These uh, Judean scribes uh, and the Pharisees knew the scriptures up and down. But when the star appeared, they had no clue that that star represented the hope. For the people, and upon hearing that there was hope for the people, they said, we also want to destroy that hope. Can I tell you, there are real people that are trying to destroy people's hopes. The spirit of Herod, the anti-Christmas spirit, why can you be happy? There's no reason. Uh, why should you? Even? And on and on, a very real strategy to remove us from our foundation of hope. So I want to look secondly at the hope we have in Jesus. You know, Emmanuel, God is with us. It is good to know that in another Herod-like world that we have received a promise, that we have a hope in Jesus just as it was given unto Mary. In Matthew 1.23, the Bible says, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. See, the hope that we have this Christmas is constant. It is assuring to know that God gives his best gifts in great times of hardship. You know, God's best gift, Jesus Christ, came at a very hard time. The time that Jesus came upon this earth was a difficult one. He didn't come at a time where it would be easy. You know, from the very beginning when Christ was born, the angels had to be warning Mary, had to be warning Joseph, you got to leave. You have to go to Egypt because this man Herod will kill this baby. 
It was not an easy time. It was not like Jesus was born to ease and born into these comforts and was well protected behind walls and behind a palace. No, he was a fugitive of his own country. He had to run. See, God is with us. This is a good news. What a powerful revelation for the day and hour in which we live that God hasn't abandoned or left us, but he is with us. Can I remind you this morning, God is with us. <laughs> That's some good news. Emmanuel, the Lord is with us. He is with you. He is here this morning to help you. If you have come for the help of God, I'm here to assure you, Emmanuel is here. If you are unsaved, you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, Jesus is here to bring deliverance to your life. Do us all well this year to refocus our attention towards the secure hope we have in Jesus. Hope, a sure foundation. Our hope comes as we focus clearly upon Jesus, what Jesus is doing in our lives, what Jesus is doing in our church. See, yes, we read the Christmas story. Jesus born, born in a manger, swaddling clothes. We are, uh, you know, uh, possibly we've read this, we're familiar with this, but this promise would not come to full fruition for another 33 years or 30 plus years. Jesus born was the start of a promise. But uh, what Jesus came to do would not happen for another 30 plus years. And so those that were actually recording and watching and knowing that Jesus had come, the deliverance was still yet another 30 years away. Begin to think about this. You know, when God makes promises to us and we see evidence that God has initiated that promise in our life. You know, those promises don't always happen the next day. You hear me? You know, God will give you a promise. And uh, okay, it's like, all right, you gave me that promise yesterday. Now it's today. Please let that promise come. You know, have, have you noticed that not all the promises of God come to pass the next day after he gives them to you? That some promises take time to come to fruition some promises are a day away some promises are a month away some promises six months or a year some promises are five years some promises are 10 years some promises are 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years the lord tarries does that make it any less valuable i mean let it just sink into your mind what if God has promises for you that will not happen for another 50 years? Oh man, that's not a very good promise. I like promises that happen now. But what if God's timing for a promise in your life is 50 years away? Will you be faithful to guard those promises? Amen. Joseph, 
This promised child, Jesus, uh, that uh, you have been entrusted with, you must protect him. You must watch out for him. You've got to take him into Egypt. You have to leave your home. You have to leave your land. You have to leave all that you know and familiar with because this is the promise of a nation of people. But you have to protect this promise. You know what hope does? Is hope allows us to protect the promises that God has given us. Because when we don't believe that God's promises are going to come to pass, we discard them. Or we allow ourselves to do what we want in our time frame. Uh, how we think life should turn out. We begin to take life into our own hands and try to make our own promises come to pass. Here in our text, Herod was trying to kill Jesus. To destroy the promise before uh, he came uh, into ministry. See, hope allows us to be certain of promises that we have received from God. The promise of a Savior far extended his birth, and to lay hold of this promise was to remain focused upon what God had said concerning Jesus. See, these wise men were able to come and find Jesus because they studied the scriptures that they knew the word of God and more importantly, they believed them. They believed what they read. They believed in the promise of a Savior. They had hope that if they were to follow and to act upon what God had said in his word that they would find Jesus. May I ask you today, are you actively believing and following what God has spoken concerning your life? Or has Herod tried to rob you of that? Has Herod tried to rob you of your promise? Has he tried to leave you oppressed? And you say, oh, it's hard. Oh, it's difficult. Oh, it's not. I'm not saying it's easy. And I may agree with you at times. It's extremely hard, but it's not impossible. And the promises God have for you, the payoff is worth it all. See, this star was a sign. And this star triggered a response to go and find Jesus, you know, there are evidence in our, even in this place this morning, God has given us signs that God is with us. Amen. Well, I, I want like, I want all the angels in the sky showing me that God is with us. I want to be the shepherds and I want to see the angels in the sky. I, I want to see that kind of sign. Well, the Bible doesn't tell us that. The angels visited the wise men. The Bible says the angels visited the shepherds. The wise men received a sign of a star and they followed a star. You know, there are different kinds of signs. But most importantly, what causes us to follow through on the signs and the promises that God is revealing to us is hope. We must believe that God is going to do what he said he's going to do. Hope brings clarity. These men were able to find Jesus because they believed the scriptures to be true and they were actively looking. Are you actively looking for Christ and the promises of God in your life? 
Matthew 2, 5. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who shepherd, or who will shepherd my people Israel. See, this sign revealed a, a Savior to be born. And because these men identified the meaning of this star, they knew what God was doing. And they knew what God was doing because they knew the Scriptures. See, there's a reason you read and believe the Scriptures, the Word of God. Because our hope is in God. Our hope is not in secular knowledge. Our hope is not uh, in technology. Our hope uh, is not um, in uh, some new discovery or some new politician. I'm here to tell you our hope is in Jesus this morning. How many Christians here today you're actively looking? You're actively believing. You know, can I tell you there's more than just trying to survive Oh, I'm just trying to survive as a Christian. Well, why don't you try to advance as a Christian? Why don't you try to become active in your walk with God rather than just try, oh, I'm just surviving. I'm just making it through. I'm just rolling with the punches. Uh, well, uh, why don't you uh, begin to, uh, uh, you know, uh, put Herod on check this morning? Stop letting Herod into your home. Stop letting Herod destroy your hope and destroy your confidence in God, your faith. Oh, I'm just kind of oppressed by Herod and Herod just gets his way all the time. No, well, Christ has been born. See, hope brings joy. The joy that comes knowing that Jesus Christ is alive. You know, God guided these men right to Jesus. He let that star, I mean, he moved a star right there above Bethlehem, and, and he just pointed them right to Jesus. You know, God's not trying to hide joy this morning. He's not trying to hide his promises from us. He's not. No, if you will be active in your faith, if you will contend, if you will begin to believe and have a secure hope, you will find and experience this joy. Always love that song, Joy to the World. The Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. See, the hope I'm talking about this morning is the hope of salvation. You know, the more that we see the darkness of the world, the greater our confidence should be in God. Not the less our confidence should be or the further we're removed from our foundation of hope. I'm telling you, there's a very real strategy to try to just remove you from the hope of salvation. To no longer cause you to be an active Christian. You're just trying to survive. You're just trying to just make it through. You're not really initiating. You're not really thriving. You're not searching. You're not moving. You're not going. You're not pursuing. You're just sitting inside of Jerusalem oppressed by Herod. The hope that we have in Jesus, Jesus, King of Kings, He is with us. The time and hour of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's bow our heads this morning. Challenge to the church this morning.
men of God, elders. Are you active? The secure hope, the foundation, the impartation of God's promises to our lives, to this church, are we actively pursuing them? In face of Herod? Or have we allowed Herod to come and remove us from certain things and principles that we believe and held true? Have you been removed from prayer? Have you been removed from giving? Have you been removed from evangelism? Have you been removed from being faithful to church? Have you been removed from reading your Bible daily? You may not see that as theft, but it is. If Herod has removed you from your devotional to the Word of God, something has been robbed from you. Ever there's an hour, need men and women that will pray. It's right now. Our prayer room, our outreaches, church services, our giving, our Bible reading. Has Herod robbed you of any of these things? It's no light matter. We might have an excuse why, but the excuse doesn't matter. These are foundational truths. These are the secure hope we have in Christ. This is the maintenance of our hope. And Herod's sly, man. He wants to remove us. He wants us just to go into survival mode. I've paid my dues. It's not about paying dues, folks. It's about being Christians. It's about a secure hope for our lives, our families, and for another generation. Yes, it's a very difficult time, and there are many anti-God demonic forces of hell that work trying to rob the church of its joy. To rob the people of God from any expressible manifestation of joy. What do you have to be happy about? I have to be happy because Christ is with us. That's why. Theodore. Seuss looking at himself in the mirror day after Christmas. I don't get it. If we're not careful, that spirit can get on us and it can try to rob us. But here, I declare to you the hope we have in Jesus refocusing, repenting God, committing ourselves. God, this is what I'm going to do. God, I'm going to reaffirm 
these foundations, these principles of Christianity in my life. You're not going to be able to ride the wave of festivity. I'm telling you, that doesn't work. You need a hope secured. Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Our heads are bowed. You've come today. Holy Spirit here, you're not saved. You're not a Christian. Sin in your life. You're lost. The good news is Jesus Christ is here. To turn from your sin, to make a decision, God, I repent and I... In faith, come with the confidence, God, I need your help. Please save me. God is faithful. God will help you today. And as our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm unsaved. I want to get my heart right with God today. Would you please help me pray? If that's you, as our heads are bowed, you lift your hand quickly, just so I can see it right up and right back down. Unsaved, accident, you're visiting today. God's dealing with you. You want to respond and surrender your life to Jesus Christ. My final call, you just lift your hand right up. I see your hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Pastor, would you pray for me? I need Jesus today. Quickly, join this on his heart. You lift your hand right up and right back down. I want to pray. You lifted your hand. Would you look up at me? You meant that? Amen. I believe you did. I want you to come. Just stand out of your chair. Come find a place to pray. Young man, come pray with you. Amen. Church, these altars are open. We're going to stand. Opening these altars, a time to come. Reaffirm certain commitments. God, I'm going to. This is important. Not going to be robbed. Not going to allow Herod to dictate my home. But I choose to reaffirm the secure foundation in Christ, the hope of Christmas. Let's sing a song of worship as these are praying. Because of who you are, oh God, I give you praise. Because of who you are, I lift my voice and say I worship you. Oh Lord, I worship you because of who you are. Oh Lord, because of who you are. Lord, I give you praise because of who you are. Lift my voice and say, I worship you because of who you are. I worship you because of who you are. You're my provider, Jehovah Nisi. Oh God, you reign in victory, Jehovah Shalom. You're the Prince of Peace. I worship you. Oh God, I worship you. 
because of who you are. Oh, God, we contend for your presence in our lives today. I give you praise because of who you are. I lift my voice and say I worship you. Let's give God praise this morning. Father, we love you. Oh, God, we worship you today. God, we magnify your name. 